listening to the Give Me Five Podcast, episode 132. entertaining show about some very entertaining things. We discuss things like pop culture, nostalgia, movies, music, video games, whatever catches our fancy for the week. My name is Gorbash, and I'm joined by Wizard Penis Nose. Which one of us is that? I'll let you guys pick. Obviously me. And a buxom lady dwarf. But this week, we're going to talk about the novel trilogy Twinborn Chronicles by J.S. Morin. A fun little quarantine reunion I with... I have a feeling. You what? Yeah, I have a feeling I hate it already. <laughs> a fun little quarantine reunion with the crew of Parks and Recreation. Greg's new pool that I will inevitably defile Caddyshack style. And the 1982-6 animated movie Flight of Dragons. Uh, wait, the before that one, what was that you mentioned? Oh, yeah, Eddie, duty. <laughs> duty! <laughs> there are some things, that, some pop culture things that we don't need to take take hold of and make happen now. Anyway. Well, probably happen. Yeah, so this is a review show. We are going to spoil stuff, whether on purpose or by accident. Uh, just like it would be a spoiler to know that I'm going to sever Rob's head if he defiles my pool. Uh, <laughs> sure. Anyway, you you just stop me. I'll just upload. <laughs> uh, but we won't ruin anything. I'm going to download in the deep end. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, so if we're talking about something you haven't seen, read, <laughs> listened to, uh, then use your own discretion. Don't be mad. Don't be angry. And don't poop in my pool. Don't be angry like Greg is right now. <laughs> I'm not going to shower for like three weeks before I come over. Oh, I did pool school today. <laughs> I'm going to get in your pool and there's going to be like this dark cloud that just emanates from my body the further I go in. You did, you just, did pool school? I did, I did do pool school. Today. I'm going to do pool stool. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so it's going to be that kind of episode. Yep. Fair enough. Fair enough. Wait till we talk about farting dragons. Yeah. <laughs> news. Let's talk about news. I like news. Uh, we got all kinds of news. Don't try yeah, and change the subject. Yeah, exactly. So Mandalorian casting. I mean, it's always weird when they, they finished a season of like filming a season of something and then it starts coming out who was cast in it like after the fact. But I saw that, uh, they are. They have casted Boba Fett. They have. Yeah, and it's going to be uh, Tamura Morrison, who, of course, was... He played Django, didn't he? He played Django Fett, but also technically Boba Fett, because Boba Fett is a clone of Django Fett. Um, so he will be there. I, I was trying to remember. Wait, was Boba Fett a clone, or was Boba Fett actually his son? I think he was, like, a specially made clone. Oh, 
For some reason, I thought Bobo was actually his son. There's like a line, but it, it was it's very vague. There's a right. line they mention it. So it's all right. Mandalorian takes place when Matt's sure to shame you for that. Yes, Man- so, Mandalorian takes place um, after uh, Return. After, I believe. Yeah, uh, apparently after Return, but before um, Force Awakens. Okay, so there's yeah yeah okay. So then there's uh, so he's gonna Close, be he's gonna closer be to up. closer to Jedi. Yeah, actually, I believe. Now the other person that was cast was Katie Sackhoff. Yeah, and I actually like that casting. Yeah, Katie Sack. Uh, I know her from various from, things, from many a dream that I've had that I'm not going to talk about on this show. Hmm. Oh boy. Uh, but <laughs> but uh, particularly ba- Battlestar Galactica. Which yeah, is she was Starbuck. Yep. Uh, but she was also so- that Netflix series, Another Life. Yeah, she's excellent. Uh, she it? is. She very good. The character Bo-Katan uh, in the Clone Wars, and she is now actually playing Bo-Katan in the Mandalorian. <laughs> I want because she looks awfully close to the image that they posted. I wonder if they drew the image of her or of her character based on the way she actually looked. Yeah, she kind of does, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah, she, she kind of looks like the cartoon version of Bo-Katan. It's if someone said, like, make a stylized version of her hair color. Yeah. But other than that, so it's, I'm, I'm excited about that. I like that. Good casting. Who's Tamora Morrison? What? what you, he's, he's playing Boba Fett. Oh, oh, oh. Never mind. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> Rob is not drinking tonight. No, not yet. <laughs> Uh, anything else? I've got one other piece of news, but I'll let someone else talk. I I do believe somebody called you out, Greg. Mm-hmm. And it's time to get shamed, suckle. Let us do the procession of shame now. Shame. 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 Bad shame. vampire. Shame. 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 <laughs> Bad vampire. <laughs> Am I supposed to talk about this? Yeah, Nathan Lane okay, was well, not. Uh, we were talking about Nathan Lane last week, uh-huh. and I was because he, of course, is in the new season of Penny Dreadful, mm-hmm. and I said Community for some reason, probably because those shows came out around the same time that he was in. He's actually in Modern Family. I did get it right that he played a char- the character Pepper. And I did. I believe I also said uh, Cam and uh, whatever Cam's husband is named. Newton. Yes, Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. Cam and Newton. <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, well, God, I can't remember that now. See, I can only remember like one sequence of things. Uh, so, uh, yes, I've been shamed. It was not community. It was Modern Family. And I will say, uh, so one of you guys said thank you to Matt. Who was that? I think that was Jimmy. No, Jimmy. yeah. Thank you, Matt. Uh, I responded with "Eat a dick, Matt." Ooh, ooh. <laughs> Sorry, no. Uh, I actually I know him too well. Um, I say "Eat a dick taco" because he is. I mean, I eat would. a whole bag of dicks taco. He's he likes he likes tacos, so I will allow him that because. But yes, I can be shamed. 
Uh, one other thing for me, at least. Oh, there's a big. I want to talk a lot about this news story Jimmy put on there. But the other oh, thing, yeah. uh, Snow Crash. We, Jimmy and I, at least read the book. It is one of the uh, pinnacles of cyberpunk mm-hmm. literature from like the '90s. Uh, they. It is coming out on HBO Plus or whatever. Max. Max. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's uh, hope it does better than Pepsi Max. <laughs> Very random reference, but um, it is a pre- I, it's a pretty cool example of of cyberpunk when it first started. Uh, I am intrigued as to how they go with it. I'm thinking some of the action sequences because of the um, the the high speed pizza pizza delivery, the deliverator. Yeah, sequences could be really awesome. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to see that, although not excited to pay for any more services. Man, if if this is good, then I mean, there's nothing else on HBO right now that that I'm watching or anything. So if this is four or five bucks a month then count me in, um, Snow Crash is superior in every way to Ernest Klein's Ready Player One. And I cannot wait to uh, I got my sign ready that says Snow Crash came first. Snow <laughs> Crash came. God. When I found that the book was published in like 91 or something, something ridiculous uh, for talking about VR and immersion. And it, it blew my mind. Um, and blow your mind. Ready Player One what? would not exist without Snow Crash. Excellent. Period. So I can't wait to see it. Bring it, go ahead, start, come out and say, oh, this is Ready Player One ripoff. Well, shut up. <laughs> I would like to throw one more thing in there. Um, somebody posted on our Discord chat earlier today, the, um, was it you, Greg? The video? Uh, oh, the, yeah, it was, me, it was me. The video the, of the new Unreal Editor. The, the new Unreal Engine, Engine 5 for the PlayStation 5, looks friggin' amazing. Yeah. Did did you watch? Did you look at the video, Jimmy? Did you see it? Yeah, I was impressed. Yeah, I, I, mean, going, I, I don't do what you guys do, so maybe I'm just more easily impressed. But I was like, God damn, that looks awesome. Technically, Unreal has always been on the the forefront. Um, aside from some other um, proprietary engines, Unreal though is uh, something that you can experiment with and kind of dive into pretty easily. Um, it's, it's phenomenal. One, one of the things with any time they release these things, cause they do it for every video card, major video card release, every, every engine release, all that stuff is they're going to show the cutting edge awesomeness of it. Uh, everything they show on those things is going to be what it was made to do so that, so it is going to look better than most things. So you always go into those things with a grain yeah. of salt. But that being said, when I was looking at what they did and what they were saying about it, I was odd at least or two or two or three different times. Not to mention the sheer amount of polygons they said they were pushing is insane. Um, Jimmy and I, when we do 3D, if we try to put a billion polygons on the screen, even not moving them and not textured, our computers would probably catch on fire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. And they were talking about multiple billions of polygons, which is more than they're ever going to need. 
but it was impressive. There was then they when they opened up the the doors to like the outside, like the the door above the head of the character. There's a scene like that, and the the blooming of the light coming through there and lighting up the room was was crazy cool. Mm-hmm. And then of course walking out and seeing from a small room to a full open landscape that all had that had things crumbling and all that was was beautiful. So. Uh, Absolutely gorgeous. We are talking about video games. Jimmy, tell me the video game news that I am sort of excited about for odd reasons. Yeah, there have been some announcements as to what's going to happen with the next gen of gaming. Uh, We saw the Unreal announcement. We've seen a couple of other trailers. But this one, I'm probably more excited than any other one. We're getting a remaster of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2, the games that I spent countless hours. And it's probably the reason why I go to bed so early now is because I didn't before because of this game. This is one of the reasons. Uh not to he mention played the, the game so much that he became a 72 year old woman. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, that good. It's that good people. And it, the soundtrack too. I mean, they're, they're playing the uh, dead Kennedys in the, the reveal trailer and it's just brought me back. I mean, it looks amazing. Um, uh, another very encouraging thing about this. Uh, if you, if you never played it, I mean, it's it's arcade style skateboarding. There were some games that came out that you had to like balance and they were really hard. They tried to simulate it. And on this, you're like jumping off rooftops and, you know, so uh, back to the encouraging thing about this. uh, I'm going to quote directly from GameSpot of Vicarious Visions, who uh, created the game and is remastering it. Boss Jen O'Neill told GameSpot that there will be no microtransactions at launch. Ooh. Um, it is something that they might consider, but they want the uh, the gaming experience to be a complete package for those who buy it. Um, if there's a demand for additional content at some point, um, you you might be able to do that, but... Uh, kudos to them for not immediately trying to bank on microtransactions because and that's 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 something that we've complained about in the past as far as releasing games that seem unfinished and whatnot and charging people to basically complete the game it's like this is retarded now rob yes you did you get into this game no uh yeah will now so I did not either. This this game came out and hit its peak right around the time that I did not have any video game systems like available to me. I think it was probably right when we hit college or something. Mm-hmm. And I did not bring that up that, to college and whatever. But I remember playing it once in a store on a display. And it was one of the first open level games or open Mm-hmm. exploration games I've ever played. Yep. I remember that. And then I think there was a Dreamcast or something that I played. Uh, was it 1080, the snowboarding game? And I, I remember... Was on the Nintendo 64, sir. Okay, so, you might sorry, be thinking was, of SSX. Yes, it was SSX. Mm, That's what it was. Great game. A lot of fun. So I remember b- both of those games, the feeling of jumping 
and the feeling of helplessness where you like know that if you were doing this in real life that you were going to harm yourself very badly and then landing it and that feeling of adrenaline like oh this game is awesome yeah and while i wasn't a skateboarder i was not, i didn't have any access to it by the time i finally got access to a video game system again many years later like after i graduated from from college really i that it was kind of past its thing is prime. So mm-hmm. I would have to say that I'm, I'm actually kind of excited about this to like relive a childhood that I didn't actually get to live. That makes sense. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I mean, you'll, you'll certainly appreciate the soundtrack. I mean, Primus, dead Kennedy's, et cetera, just uh, a fantastic soundtrack while you were playing the game. Um, just as much fun as it is in Grand Theft Auto to drive around and just listen to music. It is in Tony Hawk's pro skater. Um, I'm wondering if they're going to bring back the cheat codes because my friends and I would just put on all the cheat codes and see how long we could string combos together. I mean, we had it down to a science, like the, the ha- like fly. hanger level, you'd go down, you'd jump, you'd grind and you do, we would just do one continuous trick the whole time and see how many points we could get. So uh, can't wait, and hopefully with uh, online compatibility, you'll be able to play your friends. Um, so, I mean, you will be able to. That it was announced, but uh, hopefully, I'll be able to play with them and relive a uh, childhood that I had. <laughs> well, mm. speaking of playing with your friends, uh, I don't know what happened in Florida this week. Ha! Uh oh! Did anyone play with their friends in Florida? I have actually no idea what the story is going to be. So neither do I. <laughs> It could be completely wrong. (laughs) That means it is time for WTF. Welcome to Florida. What the fuck? Oh, yeah. That too. Yep. So today's story is involves a neighbor who went over to his friend's house and shit in the pool. Oh, son of a bitch. You You are not my neighbor, sir. Uh, no. brown cloudy crystal ball but what we do have wow what we do have is a man who was arrested for abusing 911 <laughs> and I find it right. amusing because Mr. Michael James Gables 65 of Punta Gorda it's me deleting nine- you from my guard gate right now that's what's happening called 911 and when deputies showed up, he asked him to take the $20 bill that was sitting on the couch and go get him some liquor. All right. The, deputy, the deputies, I'm like, that takes some balls. The deputies did not, however, go get him liquor. But they did inform him that if he continued to abuse the 911, the 911 uh, phone, that he, he would be arrested. He said, okay, thank you very much. And they left. The next day, 24 hours later, homeboy calls 911 again. The cops show up and he asks him to go pull the ice cream out of his freezer so it'll soften up because he can't get out of his recliner. Oh, man. (laughs) At which point the cops promptly arrested him for abusing 911 because he was neither he was neither. in need of service or was not having any medical problems or anything like that. I was like, 
they said he wasn't in distress or in need of medical attention. So deputies placed him under arrest for misuse of 911. So so it is an emergency number. What actually do they have they defined what an emergency is? Because to that guy, that was actually an emergency. Like, for example, if my wife saw a spider, she would say it's an emergency and call me to kill it. I don't consider it an emergency. So, I mean, in his defense, I mean, maybe he really Mm -hmm. likes ice cream and liquor. I'm wondering if he's a larger individual. Have been have been relegated to the threat to life and limb. Yeah, and there there's want versus need. He wanted yeah. the, he he's probably just a lonely old man who wanted company, but also he, he also wanted, wanted ice cream. Liquor. <laughs> he wanted ice cream. He didn't need it. Uh, <laughs> so that's yeah. our segment of WTF. Yeah. Short oh. and sweet this week. Excellent. Get me some ice cream and liquor, listeners. We're going to talk about our topics now. I'm going to go a little quick on this one. I'm going to start off with Parks and Recreation. Because I I love that show. It uh, somehow managed to be a show about government and politics without actually being partisan. Mm-hmm. And which was very interesting. It was... Um, and it was well done. It led to a lot of huge stars coming out of it. Of course, the the big one is Chris Pratt, who played just kind of a dopey office. Well, I don't know if he was an office assistant. He was, well, he was the boyfriend of one of the characters. But anyway, Chris Pratt, of course, came out of it. Um, Nick Offerman, Ron Swanson, for those of you who don't know. Uh, James Earl it. Jones. James Earl Jones. Uh, Frank Sinatra, was it? No. Amy Poehler, of course, was one of the creators of the show and writers of the show. Aziz Ansari, Aubrey Plaza, Adam Scott, Jim O'Hare. This is the entire cast came back. Rob Lowe was in it in the original. But they did a a special where the show has been gone for, I don't know, four or five years. And when they ended the show, they actually ended it with a flash forward to 2048. So they showed where all the characters were and where they ended up and all that stuff. And they went back and did this special. Of course, they did it via Zoom and all that stuff. But there were some really interesting things. First of all, it was awesome to see the characters back. Um, and beyond that, it was actually really funny. Beyond that, it was on it? No. <laughs> uh, it was really funny. And they... Uh, they managed to like remind you of why you love some of these characters. But what, some of the interesting little things that they were able to do is they, you know, of course these people are all over the country. They're all you know, locked up in their houses. They're all doing whatever. So of course, the, basically the plot of the particular episode that they did was that uh, Leslie Nope or Amy Poehler's character basically started like a phone tree, call your friend, call your former coworker, whatever, and make sure they're okay via zoom. So they, of course, we're kind of round robining through all these characters and no one wanted to call. Um, did they, did they start with all the single ladies? I did. What, what is with the Beyonce? <laughs> Don't get it. Oh, 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 Anyway, no one wanted to call, to uh, call the uh, character Jerry. And that was kind of like a little thing, but like to get around the fact that like Chris Pratt is supposed to, to be married to, uh, uh, what's her name? 
Aubrey Plaza's character, April Ludgate, but they're not in the same location in real life. They had him like had he had accidentally locked himself in his shed. Uh, Nick Offerman's character, Ron, was actually like isolating in a cabin. And as he said, he's been social. He's been practicing social distancing since I was four years old. So they basically did a bunch of little stuff like that. I thought it was really interesting in how much the you know the characters all filmed from their own houses. So it was interesting how many of the characters were actually like the actors playing them. So like uh, the you know the comedian Retta. I don't know if you guys ever watched it. She was always on the um, after show for Walking Dead, but she was like in the in the show she played like a woman who's like really into like high end purses and shoes and all that, and she's like in her own closet with his, which was just like full of expensive shoes behind her. Um, you know, Nick Offerman, of course, has a wood shop, so I thought that was really interesting. They did finish it with a lovely sing along song about Sebastian the mini horse, who passed away in one of the episodes. Rest in peace, Sebastian. Aww. Yeah. And uh, if you did not get a chance to see this, uh, you can watch it on NBC online. It is available on Hulu. That's how I watched it. And uh, you should watch all of the other episodes of Parks and Recreation if you have not seen them, because it is very good. And Nathan Lane was also in that. Not true. But I just want to make Matt's head explode. He made a cameo. Yeah, maybe he did. Right after he was on Community. So... Check out the Parks and Recreation, uh, I don't want to call it the COVID special. They did like a a quarantine special, or I don't know what they called it. But it exists. It's awesome. You know what else you can do during quarantine? Uh, I don't know where where you're going with this, Rob, and I have my concerns. You can read books. Jesus, Greg. What? A little faith. (laughs) I was about to write down the time that Rob talked about masturbation. You're so dirty. I talk about masturbation all the time. What are you talking about? Well, tw- 28 minutes and 10 seconds you did in this recording. <laughs> you brought it up. Anyway, yeah. move on. What, what books did you read, Rob? And why am I going to hate them? Well, I I recently, uh, a little a little bit ago, because I've moved on to my next book. So forgive me if I, uh, if I kind of mix them up. But um, I, as you all know, I listen to a lot of... I, I didn't realize how how much I actually listened to Audible until I compared with uh, someone else who who claims that they listen to Audible a lot and they get a lot of books by Audible. I have way more, way more books, way more listen hours. Way, I mean, I've got a I've got a crap load in my Audible library. But Audible is my is my media of choice as far as consuming novels and books and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And when I was looking for a new one, I came across this this trilogy. And I'm always looking out for trilogies and whatnot, because if if they come in a pack, you get like all the books in the series for one credit. And, you know, I'm always looking for those because I find that those are like great deals. So this this series, uh, Twinborn Chronicles, The Awakening Collection, was released on October 23rd of 2018 on Audible was written by J.S. Morin, and it consists of three books. The first book is called Fire Hurler. The second book is called Aether Smith, and the third book is called Source Thief. And the synopsis is, is that caught in a plot between two worlds, his only hope is to awaken the link between them. Kairos had lived a quiet life as a scribe until his dreams begin seeping into his waking life. Fanciful tales of magic and battle turn out to be real. In his sleep, he witnesses the adventures of his twin. Kairos is swept up in the intrigues of those who already know of this connection between worlds. Basically, I'm in. This is a book that has two stories in it. In each book, 
It's got multiple characters, all of which have two names because a lot of the main characters are what they call twinborn, which means they exist in both one world and the other world that they talk about. And you have to keep track of one, which, which person is which person and two, which world they're in and three, what the fuck is going on? Oh no, that sounds confusing. It, it, well, it really was, it really was for the first, for the first bit of the first book, I really kind of had to push through it. And once I hit, once I hit the stride, probably about halfway through the first book, I was like, okay, okay, I can do this. I can do this. And I, and I pushed through and I'll tell you what, for one credit, I got what, 67 and a half hours of audible. And after I got like halfway through the first book, I was riveted. I I kept coming back. I found myself listening to it while I was at home. I don't usually do that. I I usually listen like on my drives and stuff. And sometimes I'll listen, you know, when I'm just doing mindless tasks or whatever. But I found that I was just picking it up and putting it on because I wanted to know what happened. The uh, I I do recommend the series if you're a fan of the fantasy genre. Um, I don't recommend the series for Greg because he's he's not capable of keeping track of more than two characters. Oh, and he can't read. Well, yeah. Well, but see, then Audible would be great for him in that case. Can't he can't words. <laughs> <laughs> but but like I said, I mean I, I did read inni- goodly, damn it. I did initially pick it up because of the the sixty seven and a half hours that it gave you for one credit, and it had a bunch of solid reviews. Um, I'm glad I gave it a shot. It while it's not the best book that I've ever read in the fantasy genre, it's it's far from the worst. Um, yeah, I, I have to say that that he did a really good job of creating not just one but two worlds and intertwining them together, and when I finished the series, I really wanted to find something else with, you know, in this world with these characters. Um, but unfortunately it seems like he continued writing stories in the universe, but didn't continue it with the characters that I'd grown attached to. But, but all in all, I think it's a strong pickup for only one credit on audible. If you're into the fantasy genre and you, you like things involving magic and you like things, um, uh, with that medieval feel to it, you you really might enjoy it, and I would suggest checking it out. I, look, I am intrigued for the set. No, sorry, let me ask you guys a question real mm-hmm. quick. Um, segueing into something I was going to talk about earlier, but didn't think it was relevant, but now I do. Do you guys have a library card? Yes, I do not. You do not. Okay, a reason to get a library card. Something that I I absolutely agree with you, Rob. Uh, reading listening to books great thing you can do right now huge fan of the fantasy genre uh if you have a library card get an app called overdrive on Mm -hmm. your phone it sounds weird but it's audible it's uh free free books that you can Mm -hmm. check out through amazon so basically yes through audible but for free um i'm currently reading night shift by stephen king which is a really fucking bad idea because I keep reading it when I'm trying to fall asleep. But also <laughs> here's a, another really cool thing about it. I picked up the, uh, uh, dragon Lance series uh, again by, uh, Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman, the, uh, dragon Chronicles. And I, uh, yeah, these books are super, super duper hard to find. And they're, they're out of print. They're crazy expensive online. 
and they're all on overdrive for free. So excellent. Definitely check it out. Audiobooks as well. I'm currently listening to Alice isn't dead. Um, so my fiance turned me on to that and I'm obsessed. Um, so just trying not to read too many books at one time. And well, and I typically only read one at a time. And since I, I've I've got a list of a couple that that I've downloaded um, that are waiting for my attention, um, but I've I've moved on to another another book in the series. I, I was because I was in the middle of a series, and I took a break from that series to actually read this book because it's the fifth book in a series that I've already read, and it's another uh, lit RPG novel that I'm mm. enjoying. So I'm on the fifth book in that series. And then when I finish that one, I'll go back to the other series. I have got the uh, second book in the Codex Alera waiting for me. Um, uh, so I can't wait to to dive back into that world as well. Yeah, Overdrive, it's, it works with a whole bunch of different libraries. Just check wherever you happen to be. Check your local library and see which app. There's a bunch of different ones. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which app might offer the books. And it's really cool. You go in, you pick a book, and if it's checked out, when it gets checked back in and just add, they add it to your account and you yeah. can listen to it then check them out for like 21 days. Fucking awesome. Alice isn't that is so good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now that being said, I don't mind paying for no, the audible subscription mm-hmm. um, simply because I, I do like to throw out some support to the artists or the genre or the services that I actually really enjoy. Audible is definitely one of those, one of those services that I greatly enjoy. And I've gotten a lot of entertainment value from my Audible subscription. And the what, Audible subscription. What books you got on there, Mr. I listen to a lot. How, oh God, <laughs> how many, how many do I have? Yeah. Oh, you guys are, uh-oh, Greg already knows his number. I looked it up. Uh-oh. We're going to have a fucking nerd off. This is great. I don't know if they're all on there, but right now I've got 79 titles in my library. It's Well, if you click on your name at the top, it'll tell you how many titles total are in your library. I have 290. Shit. Excellent. Yeah. Now, admittedly, I do share my account with my wife, but even a half of that. So we each get we each get one book a month. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. How long have you been an account holder? Oh boy, a while. Wow, I can't. Fi- I can't find that. In I mean, this is excellent podcasting. By the way, I've only been a member since 2014. I think so okay. I've been a member for six years. I became a member uh, around when my father passed away because I was driving hey, back and forth dude, a lot. It says it if you click your name. I it, it yeah, but it doesn't. I don't want to do that right now. <laughs> you just told no. me to do you it. No, because, because it it started going into a tutorial. Um, member since 2009. Oh, wow. Okay, so you've got, you've got almost twice as long, twice as many years as I do. Uh, yeah. And you've got two people on the account. Well, the two people's just started like a couple of years ago, but still anyway. Yeah, that's, that's what I got. Anyway, moving on. Awesome. What are we moving on to gentlemen? I believe we have some streaming to talk about. <laughs> Ah yes, I do have. I do, however, have one month, twenty five days, thirteen hours, and two minutes of listening time. What do you got, Greg? <sighs> oh, I know he's got more than that. Um, listening time. 
Wild Hope's looking that up, guys. I want to one month, twenty-seven days, twenty-one hours, and nine minutes. So between two people and over a hundred well, titles more, you've got that, you've got two more days than me. Apparently, well, you have some of those long ass uh, fantasy books. Suck it, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm writing down all of the times that you need to cut crap out. Jimmy. <laughs> you write down all the time to your fucking chair squeaks. <laughs> I've been muting. I gotta figure out how to make it not squish. Or squeak. Squish. You ever heard of that? I was, writing, I was writing suck it, bitch. <laughs> piece of paper. Uh, okay. Marine lubricant. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Okay, Rob. Yes. Talk about uh, uh what's it called? My ass. Uh, upload. That's that's where the duty is going to come from for Greg's pool. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> it's be so, as brown as the river from the movie we're going to talk about. <laughs> so for those that don't know, there was a new movie that was released on Amazon, or not a movie, a new series that was released on Amazon Prime called Upload. It was released on April, or April, on May 1st <laughs> of 2020. Jesus Christ. Um, it stars uh, Robbie Amell, Andy Allo, Allegra Edwards, Kevin Bigley, Zainab Johnson. Uh, basically, it's about a man who is able to choose his own afterlife after his untimely death. Well, not a man. I just think men and you know people in general are able to choose their own afterlife. So basically, the way it works is if before you die, die, you can get to an upload machine. You can basically pay for your afterlife and they can upload your consciousness into the world i guess of your choosing and i know i'm doing air quotes that nobody can see but i'm doing air quotes for world of your choosing um at which point you know th you can set aside a, a a payment thing or whatever and you can have in-app purchases and stuff but you have to pay for it basically so typically it's only like the really rich that do it you know more there are more there are other economy options that you can get but this this focuses around one of the higher end one of the higher end worlds for Upload. Sounds like San Junipero with less neon. Yes. Yes. It, it reminded me a lot of the of the Black Mirror episode. You're absolutely right. A lot more lighthearted. Um, yes. Um, my my thoughts were um, that basically after the first episode, I was hooked. Um, to me, it seems like kind of a redemption story combined with a murder mystery and some future tech mixed in, almost like a comedic version of Altered Carbon. Yeah, I can see that. Would you Would you agree with that assessment, Greg? <laughs> so yeah, I decided because you had been talking about it for a little while. I knew we were mm -hmm. going to talk about it tonight. So last night I watched two episodes. Mm -hmm. I had planned on watching one episode, but yeah, like you said, you get pretty hooked. Uh, what's interesting is when you when you hear something as bland as a man who's able to choose his own afterlife after afterlife after his untimely death, you always wonder what's the hook. Like, how did this get signed on? How did mm -hmm. this get big name actors or actors that are good? Mm -hmm. um, because Robin is really handsome. He is very handsome. Well, <laughs> and to be fair, all of the actors in this series are very good. Yeah, they and, really uh, sell their parts, and they make you they make you want to um they, they make you empathize with them. Yeah, so, Robbie Mel is so handsome that he's even handsome without his head with his butt showing. Yes, true. But anyway, that's a whole other thing. Uh, the so you wonder what the hook is. People who and, haven't seen this are going to be like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, like, you know, 
I think one of the first times I remember this is I'll just do a slight aside here is like, you know, Star Trek Voyager when it was like, well, what's the what's why is this different than every other Star Trek show? Like, mm-hmm. oh, they're they're lost. OK, that's a whole other thing or just any or even the show lost for since I just said it. But so you wonder what the hook is. And then watching it, they started kind of hinting that there are certain aspects of it that aren't exactly as clean cut as you think. So it's not just exploring the technology. It's the how that technology is affecting the interpersonal relationships. And that's where mm-hmm. I was like, wow. And because the actors are so good, I mean, the, the char- the two main characters that you are pretty much have the most screen time, they started clicking really early in the show. Like, and the, and the two actors the first, have great chemistry. Uh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like you, it wasn't forced at all. Like yeah. they got along really well and it wasn't, because the show needed them to. It was because they like it, the the acting back and forth when they were sitting on that one patio talking about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Ooh, look up your own porn. <laughs> yeah, it was like it was great. It was really good. Yeah, it, and like I said, I mean the actors really sell their parts, and even even the ones that seem to be villains that may not be as bad as we think. It just all of it. it it's it's just very well thought out. And I'm really looking forward to season two. It's gonna be a total shit show, but I'm really looking forward to it. This show is is created by Greg. And I mean Daniels. that in a good way. Yeah, it's created by Greg Daniels, who was a writer for The Simpsons uh, and King of the Hill, and he, of course, uh, created Parks and Recreation and was one of the creators of The Office. So mm-hmm. we just talked about Parks and Recreation. So it's interesting that it actually does kind of fuel. It felt tonally like um uh, the Kristen bell show about like uh, the good place or bad place mm, whatever okay uh it kind of felt like that tonally the what the naughty place yes the naughty place felt like that so i was when i was like craig daniels i know that name and i looked it up i was like oh yeah duh okay he's working on the space force show as well which is i guess working on it concurrently with this one uh so it's it's definitely a different feel for him, but it's a really it's a really good stretch for his his talents because I've I'm definitely interested to see what's going to come. And you've obviously finished the first season. Mm-hmm. Um, I have about what eight more episodes to go. Yeah, so definitely worth ten. it. Yeah, and, and I really want to know what you think of it when you, as you get through the episodes and whatnot because at this point I've seen it twice. I mean, I watched it. We went over to my mom's for Mother's Day and got her started on the on the thing. And then Jen started watching it again with some of her with some of her viewers and whatnot. So I I, I want to know what you think of it. I, I've really enjoyed it. And I take it, Jimmy, you haven't seen any of it, correct? Not yet, but I'm looking forward to starting it. Mm hmm. It's not what I thought it would be. I thought it was going to be darker. It's very bright and pretty. Um, I uh, lighthearted. Yeah. I did like the appearance of quote of the cigarette smoking man from, uh, from X Files. Yeah, playing <laughs> playing a very on, I, as soon as he walked into that room and I saw who it was, I knew that guy was supposed was to like, be one of the. Can you guess how I died? No, it's, he's actually playing a a version of one of the Koch brothers <laughs> who recent who didn't die all that long ago. Who is a very well known uh, political operative who's worked very hard. Mm-hmm to push uh push right wing uh things and and it's like the it, 
Yeah, as soon as he uh, walked in, basically not a fan of the environment, or at least of vir- maybe he's a fan of the environment. He's not a fan of regulations to from destroying the environment. Fuck plants. Uh, yeah, basically. Uh, so as soon as, like, literally, as soon as I saw him, I'm like, oh, that's got to be this guy. And then he started speaking. I'm like, yeah, that's totally where they're going with this. But it wasn't, it was still not avert. It wasn't like he, I mean, he might be a villain later, but he's not a villain in this point. <laughs> he's he's not really a main, a main focus or a focal point of the show in any way at this point. Yeah, he's he's basically there to be like, yeah, you should maybe look a little deeper into some things. Yeah, yeah. Because if it was me that was in charge of this, this is what I would do, kind of thing. But that's about it. But yeah, it's good. Check it out. It's uh, Amazon Prime. You said, right? Yeah, Amazon Prime. You've probably seen the giant ass ad whenever you go to Amazon Prime or IMDb at the moment. So. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> now it's time. What's the time time for? We're going to go back into Rob's childhood and find out exactly what's wrong with him. We are. This is so it's I know it's disturbing for you guys, but I am I correct? Had either of you seen this before? Never, never, ever. Not at all. Not at all. I hadn't even heard of it. And I I get the impression that I that I might have gotten another winner. Hell yes. In my opinion. Did you guys enjoy it? I loved it. I did. Oh, God, I so love it when I introduce shit from my childhood and you guys like it. Yeah, let's go ahead and get into the um, specifics of it, and then uh, I can't wait to talk about it. Okay, so the the movie the movie that we're discussing is called Flight of Dragons. It's a fantasy cartoon that was released on TV in September of 1983. Okay, I can see. I can see where it came out for commercial. Right, yes. Yeah, you definitely can. You mm-hmm. can see where the where the cut and pacing was. So it was and this is weird because it it kind of went backwards because it was released first on television, but then it did actually see a theatrical release in 86. So it was it was a limited release, huh. but it was still a theatrical release in 86 after they had already sold all the DVDs and or all the all the VHS and shit because at that point we didn't have DVDs. But it's uh, directed by Jules Bass and Arthur Rankin of Rankin Bass. Just what Bass. the government wants you to think that we didn't have That's DVDs. Right. That's Sheeple. right. Of, of Rankin and Bass fame. And it stars uh, Victor Buono in his last role, actually. Um, it also starred James Earl Jones, James Gregory, Harry Morgan, John Ritter, Larry Storch, Don Messick, Alexandra Stoddart, and apparently Paul Fries. We'll get into that a little bit later. Um, but... Basically, this is about the realm of magic is being threatened by the realm of logic. So Carolinus, the green wizard, decides to shield it for all time. Omadon, the evil red wizard, stands in his way. Carolinus then calls for a quest that is to be led by a man named Peter Dickinson, who is the first man of both the realms of science and magic. It's Peter's job to defeat Omadon. So tell me, Jimmy. Yes, sir. What were your initial thoughts? Um, when I started watching this and I mentioned this last week, um, I, I mentioned it kind of in a tongue in cheek kind of way, but the animation mm-hmm. style reminded me very much of the animated movie heavy metal. Um, okay. And I hate that movie. I hate okay. that movie for its content. Um, so I was a little bit concerned However, this turned out to be a really fun, um, sweet story that is definitely family friend- friendly. 
Mm-hmm. Um, that's aged fairly well, story-wise. Mm-hmm. I tend to find that fantasy stuff can age a little bit better than stuff that yeah. involves technology. There's, yeah. there's even... I mean, I don't know if the writers had the like foresight with this, but even when they come into kind of our world, which we'll talk about a little bit, it avoided anything with technology, uh, anything that would really, really date it. Mm-hmm. Um, as the character, he's in a bookstore, he's just talking to a bookkeeper. Um, right. So he's kind of an old soul. Yeah. And so it makes sense. And the only thing that they actually really did was they just referenced like huge milestones in humanity where like he says, the man looks up at the fairy flying and says, one day I'll learn how to fly. And he builds contraptions that can take them, you know, throughout the basically talking about the invention of airplanes. So it it doesn't really discuss like current Mm -hmm. logic, but it discusses or current technology. It discusses like huge milestones Mm -hmm. in in the evolution of human technology. Yeah. Um, and my my very first thought and and I'll, I'll like uh, Greg uh, say his piece after this. But we we joked a lot about the uh, the green wizard or the main wizard having a dick for a nose, <laughs> um, <laughs> which he, he certainly does. And yes. I fully expect it. I, you hear a voice at the beginning. It's this oh, long or in the age of magic and technology, man, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, who, you know, this is the narrator or something. No, it's old Dick knows, <laughs> but you see this guy and, and based on other films and other fantasy things that we've seen, I fully expected him to be like, I'm a meddling wizard. Cause he's just goofy as hell looking. Now, do do you know who that was that played that voice? No. He was the lead Commander, general, whatever the rank was in mm-hmm. MASH. He was no. the guy who ran the unit in MASH. I think I picture him with like a cigar in his mouth for some reason. I don't know, maybe that's a picture I saw, but. Do you, did, did you ever see any of MASH? I know that was way before your time. I was but... super young. Yeah, so. Alan Alda was in it. That's Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, he plays the voice of Carolinas. Uh-huh. Incidentally, he is also the reason that the show is banned in Israel, but we'll we'll get into that. Yeah. (laughs) So my my opinions was there's like a weird era where like I I did this already. I kind of mentioned this with uh, Tony Hawk's skateboard, whatever. But like the 70s and early 80s have this like weird charm and like a weird sci-fi and psychedelia kind of thing when it comes to mm-hmm. to stuff like dune and whatever like you really mm-hmm. get that feeling when you listen to like kevin smith talk when he was talking about like the various toys you would play with and the stuff that like re- like that he referenced and i remember recently one of one of our friends listeners i was with him and he bought a stack of uh, heavy metal magazines not the movie uh and i was looking through the ads and it would be like there's these like this ad you know like new movie coming out. You should probably see it. It's called alien. And it was like really understated. And like, it was all of these crazy sci-fi and fantasy stories that in some way still held up today. And it was this like, so this movie kind of brought me back there to where it was, 
it left a lot to the imagination, but it mm-hmm. still had a, you know, had a good story and all that, but it wasn't like we need to have the best lighting and the best looking dragons and the best whatever. So it left, left a lot to the imagination. And that really brought me back to when I would see something like that. And I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. I love it. It's awesome. And then you go back and look at it now and you're like, oh, wow, those dragons didn't look good as the dragons and, you know, how to train your dragon or whatever, you know, right. like, but I don't know if that's age or the fact that it left so much to the imagination. Well, I, I think it's maybe a combination of both because I think it was a, a byproduct of the animation style because it, it was a very distinct style that, that if you're, if you're familiar with cartoons, the, the cartoon version of like the Hobbit or return of the King or even the oh, last yeah, yeah. unicorn, that it's the same animation style and it's actually the same company that produced yeah, all of those Rankin, Rankin and Bast. Yeah. yeah. Rankin and Bast was the company that produced all of those and they used that animation style for all of the cartoons. Yeah. So Rankin and Bast, you guys might know them. They started off doing the Christmas specials, the the stop motion animation. Mm-hmm. And then they moved into more animated features like the ones Rob just mentioned. And then in the eighties, they moved into doing stuff like Thundercats and uh, was it Silverhawks? I mentioned Silverhawks. Yeah. yeah. Silverhawks was one you said. Silverhawks was, Badass, yeah. yeah. It was. So they did uh, they did that kind of stuff, and then eventually Disney kind of knocked them out of. Uh, they were for they ran from nineteen sixty to nineteen eighty seven till Disney basically took them out. Um, not deliberately, it just kind of happened. But it definitely has a style to it. And as soon mm-hmm. as I saw that logo at the beginning, it brought me back to something, but I didn't really remember what. It's like, oh, I remember seeing this logo. It's probably obviously the Christmas specials, but. Oh, Secret of Nim was another one that was very similar. Yes. Yeah. So this, this actually may have been my first, I, th- I want to say it might've been my first introduction into the fantasy genre. Cause it came out, it came out when I was fairly young. Um, uh, Dungeons and Dragons cartoon was close and it had, it, it was similar tonally, I guess, but, um, the, one of the things that – and I talked with Greg about this as we were watching it because we watched it on a house party. Um, there were a couple of things that I remembered vividly, even though I haven't seen this in years. I still remember – or I remembered the scene where Gorbash and Sir Orin were being basically attacked by the <laughs> – and Jimmy corrected me here because I couldn't remember the names of them. But mm-hmm. it was Sand Mercs. Mm-hmm. And there were these chittering monsters that basically their noise drives you insane. And the way that they had Sir Orin and Gorbash rolling around on the ground and and just in such agony, I it just stuck with me. And I, I vividly remember that scene from when I was a kid. Um, that and also the, the opening theme for Flight of Dragons, which actually was sung by none other than Don McLean of American Pie fame. Yeah, the sweet, smooth, buttery vocals of Don wow. McLean. Yeah, I was That's like, wow. Crazy. So all of that being said, you know, James Earl Jones is in this, and he's fantastic as the villain. I love James Earl oh, Jones yeah. as the villain. Um, it's The story's a little hokey, but, you know, I mean, it was the early 80s. What do you want? It, it's still a great family fantasy. The, the character design of the villain, he looks... Yes genuinely spooky you could definitely see how that could be expanded to something like uh the villain uh, mumra or something like that except for the stupid stars all over him Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like he's a wizard he's got like spooky face he's cloaked and whatever 
Yeah. But they put all these like little stars on the thing, which one is probably a pain in the ass to animate. Mm-hmm. Two makes him look significantly less scary. It, yeah. He he when they showed, they were like, Oh, it's John the blue wizard and Dave the yellow wizard, and they showed the red wizard. They showed this badass fucking metal throne. I'm like, hell yeah, this is where black metal came from. <laughs> and then he's like he goes and burns a church just to introduce himself yeah <laughs> nice. and, then, and then he leans into the camera and he's got all these like stars on his face and it looks like he just like looks like he was a kid that got into the little little gold stars that they put on their papers and he yeah. stuck them all over he's like, these make me look badass <laughs> look at this I do this he's got two angry hounds in, like chained to his uh, his throne and and the other thing that I remember from my childhood, uh, other than, you know, Omadon, um, the, the character, um, the, the night character, Sir Oren. And I and even listening, <laughs> even watching through it this time, I still thought they were saying that it like, sounds what? like. Is it really? It sounds like his name that they keep saying is Sir Oren never smiles. That's yeah. what I, I swear to God as a kid. That's what I thought his name was. Sir Oren Neville, <laughs> never smiles. And apparently what his name is, is Sir Oren Neville Smythe. Mm. Uh, never smiles is better. Yeah. Sir Oren never smiles. Oren Neville. I was like, is that like Aaron Neville's brother? He's going to come out and be like, <laughs> uh, that's a terrible impression. But I, I'm glad you did it because I was going to and it would have been it. worse. Do no. it. Do it. Do yeah. it. What, what, was it, what was their song? What was Neville? What was uh, their the Neville Brothers song? Uh, I don't know. Sing it. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Make it up. You know what they sound like. Uh, oh god. This, see, we're no. No one wants to hear that. Like, yes, so, we do. So basically, this movie is um, science and magic are warring. Magic is losing. And what they want to do is they want to set up a safe haven for magic, basically to retreat mm-hmm. to, so that it doesn't disappear from the world entirely so that it'll stay untouched by science and they'll separate the two realms. And so they decide they want to do this, but Omadon, the bad wizard doesn't want to do it. He's just going to influence man and get them to destroy themselves. And then magic will be the only thing left anyway. And that's his introduction and the reasoning for the atom bomb. I'm like, damn, that's kind of dark. All right. Um, so the, the good wizard Carolinas has to set up a quest, but each quest has to have three members. So they get, they get his young dragon Gorbash, which is an awesome name for a dragon, by the way. Uh, and an awesome explanation for the name. Yeah, tell us tell us the explanation, Jimmy. Go ahead. So the explanation given by Sir Aaron Neville. Um, <laughs> I wish I could do it in his voice, but I don't think I, I don't can. Don't know work. much, but I know I love you. I don't know much. More like that. <laughs> that may um, be. But the. Uh, it's just the best. The uh, the knight, Sir Oren, mm-hmm. uh, happens across um, the the bad guy's dragon. Briog. Briog is eating a bunch of eggs, and uh, he saves one. And from that one egg hatches Gorbash, who mm-hmm. is given the name because the battle was gory, and there was a lot of bashing. So it's fucking heavy metal <laughs> oh. as hell. 
And it's a great name for a dragon. I, I love it, it. It's also a great name for the front man for a black metal band. <laughs> it's a great name for a dragon. So they go on this quest, but they have it. Carolinas's big, big uh, trump card, so to speak, is pulling somebody from the modern world who is a link between the magic and the science realms. And so he goes and recruits this guy, Peter Dickinson, who is supposedly the 777th descendant of Sir Peter, who Sir Peter is the one who actually taught the dragons how to speak. Greg, you're muted. <laughs> Greg can't speak. What Greg <laughs> did you have to say about Peter, Jimmy? It, it, uh, they could have come up with a cooler name than that. <laughs> he's like, Incidentally, he's Peter, the dragon master. Just well, yes, Peter, Peter Dickinson, which is the character's name, is also the name of the guy who wrote the book. Ah, uh, I like what you wrote in the notes, though. It actually made Rob laugh out loud. <laughs> it did. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is uh, this is that's I, I wrote that based off of something that happens much later in the movie. Yes, much later. <laughs> gotcha. There, there there are a couple of um so so through through a couple of uh errors or whatever our 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 group ends up being uh Sir Orin, Gorbash slash Peter and Smurgle. So that's your three. And then later on, we get a group of people who just force themselves on the party. <laughs> They're like, no, you're taking us. <laughs> it's yeah. like, just like, what? oh, okay, welcome. I Girl guess. power. She forced her way in. She's like, no, I'm coming. <laughs> There's no questions. <laughs> They're like, okay. Yeah, I like, you pointed it out, actually. I liked the fact that there was like r- random diversity in a time period where they didn't do that on purpose. There very much was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they like there was no now a lot of times they do it because, you know, it's an it's a worldwide market. If we t- if we look at all of the movies that we watch it's recently, it's been like, OK, how much did this make in the theater in the United States? We say it and then the same exact number is worldwide because it didn't release anywhere else. But now they do. So it's like, OK, we need to have like an Asian guy and, and a black guy and whatever and whatever. This actually had all that stuff. And it wasn't because some some marketing executives were like, we need to have this. <laughs> So yeah. it didn't it didn't matter. It was just different types of wizards, different types of uh, mythical creatures. That was one of the very first things I noticed that I didn't mention previously. It's like, oh, and, very culturally diverse. And mm-hmm. the style of the art on some of them was a little leaning towards the style of art that would be present in in like Asian texts and drawings and stuff like that, sure. which I thought was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they go on the quest and they have to face off against some dragons. They have to face off against a couple other things. I don't really want to ruin the story for you because I really think you should check it out. But it ends up ultimately with with Peter taking on Omadon. And I mean, we all knew that's where it was headed. And and um, tell, t- tell me, Jimmy, what, what was your opinion on uh, the battle between Omadon and Sir Peter? Uh, yeah. <laughs> the second oh. climactic battle of the the, of the one with the ogre had a had a, I mean the dragons were just like farting around, um, but it was kind of anticlimactic. 
he yells at the ogre, come out and fight me. And it's like, oh, that works. Hey, you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He's like, what the fuck else do you say? You want to fight somebody? Just say, hey, you, let's fight. And, and I loved that the older dragon told him not to let him get his hands around him. And what he does is just charge the ogre. <laughs> like, <laughs> right, right. Okay, this will work. Whatever. I thought that was a much better fight. Yeah, it yeah. was. This was like an afterthought. They were like, oh, yeah, shit, we need to about it. finish this. When you, when you just asked that, I was like, I'm glad he's not asking me this question because I don't really remember the ending. It was really quick. Yeah. But, and then, um, oh, God. Oh, it, yeah. man. So not since, well, this came before, but the uh, the way that uh, the uh, young child in the movie Troll 2 um, defeated uh, the the trolls and the evil troll lady was by eating a double decker bologna sandwich. And it was so corny. He's just like a double decker bologna sandwich. And he starts eating it in front of him. <laughs> this Peter starts, he goes fucking full nerd. And he's like, I didn't, I denounce magic. And then just starts rattling off like laws and, math equations and stuff and I'm like wow <laughs> Peter's a fucking nerd and it's like the new it, he's like that was laughs and all that stuff yeah that was that get that got a good hearty laugh out of me and I don't think that's what it, it it's a and intended then, reaction was and then at one point he just goes and lists off like a bunch of sciences and yeah. I, I felt like a nerd for recognizing that I was like, holy shit, he's listing them in alphabetical order. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. The wizard uh, should have stopped and been like, we're going to have to give this guy a wedgie and shove him in a locker. Yeah, we need to rethink this. Yeah. <laughs> well, back to chess club, nerd. And, and I will say, though, that I guess it unlike, is the way to beat the heavy metal guy. Unlike a lot of other other quest related uh, shows, stories or whatever, they actually killed off characters. And I was I, I, I oh, much yeah. respect for that. I was oh, like, oh, damn, characters dropping <laughs> off. All right. All right. Like at the same time. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So but, should. Oops. Sorry. Go, go, ahead. go ahead. No. Go ahead. All right, peace, Merkel. Well, I want to know where you are going. I know. I was going to say, all in all, it's a great, it's a great time, and it is something that you can, in fact, watch with your children. And it's a great family, family oriented fantasy cartoon. So it is apparently, unless you live in Israel, because for some inexplicable True. reason, and I feel like I should be the one that brings this up, uh, because you are some, also banned in Israel. I am also banned in Israel. Yes, you are. Yeah. It's called the great falafel situation. Uh, I don't know. Falafel, there's falafel in Israel. Anyway. What happened with it is... I'm making stuff up. Do I have to make something up? Yeah, you do. No, I don't want to. It's My lawyer says it's not a good idea to talk about it. Did you shit in somebody's pool? Is that what happened? I dropped a falafel in someone's pool. Sounds worse. And then everyone thought it was poop. Anyway, it's... Is that a euphemism? Yeah, so this movie was, uh, it played, I, or did it play quickly or whatever? It, it was not allowed in Israel for because... It, it started and was stopped mid-broadcast. Yeah, because they said that the lead, the lead wizard, the Greek wizard, Caroline. I never remember, uh, looked like a stereotype 
of what was in political cartoons of Jewish people because of his penis nose. And he was wearing a hat that could be considered a yarmulke, um, which I do get. I did see it, but I don't. I still don't understand why it would matter because he's the hero. And it was just, it was the way they drew a wizard. They were not, he wasn't like, you know, it's not like the the wizard showed up and was like, oh, we can't do this. It's too expensive. You know, like it was nothing (laughs) remotely. (laughs) I'm I'm allowed to say that, guys. You're allowed Uh, to say it. And and it was, and his hat was actually more, his hat was actually more of a skull cap than it was a yarmulke as well. Yeah. Like it covered his whole head. My brother, he's really a schmuck. <laughs> it's not none of that stuff happened, but it's still banned in Israel, apparently. Not that mm-hmm. there's people yeah. like clamoring. Nobody's clamoring for it, yeah. <laughs> Which I get that, but still, it's just a weird thing to be banned. So uh, if you are in Israel you cannot, and you're listening to this podcast, you apparently cannot watch this movie. And you might not be able to listen to this podcast anymore because of my terrible old Jewish guy. <laughs> also, <known laughs> as, whenever Jimmy leaves the uh, – the podcast what his voice becomes dropping dukes and all the residents of israel's polls yeah Mm -hmm. one of the other things i found out about this movie that kind of surprised me was the the role of of solarius the blue wizard Mm -hmm. was actually uncredited for a long time like the 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 person who provided the voice for it was uncredited and i i couldn't find any reason as to why and eventually mm-hmm. it was revealed that the character was played by Paul Freese. And when I, when I looked it up, I was like, well, maybe they didn't, they didn't want to credit him because, you know, Solarius was a, was a black character and Paul Freese was a white guy. But then I looked at, well, no, the, the, the Asian wizard was played by a white guy. And, and I'm like, okay, so maybe they didn't really think all that much about, I mean, we don't really think all that much about it. As far as cartoons are concerned, I don't really care who plays what just give me the best voice or the best actor or whatever. I mean, you cast James Earl Jones in anything and I'll fucking watch it. I don't care what race it is. It's stupid, but I couldn't find anything about why he was. He also apparently played the voice of antiquity, the the antiquity, antiquity, the glowing tree. Or the the burning bush, if you will. Um, so yeah, I, I I just couldn't find anything on it. I mean, eventually it came out that that Paul Frees voiced both Antiquity and Solarius, but for the longest time they were uncredited. Ooh, mm. didn't want to spoil the illusion. Yeah. Now I believe we're pretty much done with this movie. But there's one more thing we have not talked about that's super important. So does anyone else have anything to add before I, I mention this last part the, about, about the dragons? Not Wait, you're going to mention something about the dragons. I am going to mention something about the dragons. Okay, so did you guys find it coincidental that the, um, the fair maiden in this story was Melisande? Melisande, yeah. Which is very close to Melisandre. Melisandre. It's close. Oh, I, that was another thing I wanted to mention. Yeah, you're welcome. I, not, not just that. No, there was another thing that is. That I think all of us caught when we were watching it when Melisande gets rescued as like a five year old. Yeah, and the dude's like, yeah. "Oh, go ahead, I will yeah, marry the you." The much older knight or whatever <laughs> is like rescues this very obviously five year old or seven year old, whatever looking girl. Something like, like too young. Yeah. And he's like, I will fall in love with you when you get older. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> like, I made a vow to fall in love with her. Kind of creepy. When she gets older. 
Oh, God. Yeah, that's uh, that's called grooming, buddy. Uh, you please step away. <laughs> what is it? Please, what is that from that show where the guy would say, please step outside? Step away from the minor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so there was a little bit of that, which I thought was a little weird. But the other thing with the dragons mm-hmm. is the f- how they moved around. Which, when I first saw the artwork for the dragons, <laughs> I, I was like, I was looking at them and I'm like, man, these dragons have some some bellies. Mm-hmm. Like it's as if they were, you know, locked in their house for large periods of time with boxes of little Debbie Swiss cake rolls, which may or may not be happening to me. Uh, and then Rob's like, if I remember correctly, I think that's how they move around. Because I said something about that. I don't think they'd be able to fly based on their shape. And apparently, yeah, go ahead, Rob. You you explained it to me. So explain yeah, it to me. I, I and that was actually once once I saw it, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. They had a really creative explanation for how dragons flew. And basically what it is, is the dragons fill their bellies with gas. I'm assuming it's like hydrogen or something to get the buoyancy that actually lifts them up into the air. And then they, they move and steer and everything with their wings and their tail. And in order to come down, they release the gas out and ignite it as fire. So they ignite it and then just push the gas out. And that gives them the descent that they need in order to land. Farting dragons. No, it comes out their mouth. Kind of like your farts. Mouth fart dragons. <laughs> and if like your farts, he says. <laughs> Rob, I told you that I've been seeing a doctor about it. And I'm I'm very I'm sensitive about that. My mouth You're farts. Sensitive in other places too. Wow. Okay, moving on. <laughs> so yeah, it was a very interesting thing, and we will probably be revisiting this. Uh Later, uh, we always ask the question, should this movie be remade, et cetera, et cetera. In September 2012, an official live action film was announced for this movie. It was supposed to come out in 2015. Um, the production team was uh, Maury Laws, Chris Arkelios, and Wayne Anderson. I don't know any of those people, but it did get canceled. So they are not doing a live action version of this. Um this would be too heavy of a budget movie for the small story that it tells. It would have to be really expanded upon. I, I think they would have to basically inflate the story a little bit. They'd have to like embellish. a dragon's belly. Yeah, they, they'd have to embellish the storyline a lot. Um, I could I could get behind something, some kind of remake or whatever, if for no other reason than to expose an entirely new generation to it, because I really think that this is underrated and not I. Not a lot of people have ever heard of or seen this movie. Rob likes exposing himself to younger generations. I do. <laughs> I do. Jimmy is shaking his head. And <laughs> it's one of my guilty pleasures. Yeah. Anyway, should we do the question? Wait, did, I, did what? What do you guys think? Should Should this be oh. remade or should it be? Um, Jimmy is thinking. Uh, well, it. Yeah. In a live live action setting, I could see that um, it's a story that's been told many times. And I, I think at least on TV, most recently in uh, in American Gods. Um, mm-hmm. So um, it, it's a story that's that's around, but it would make for a good fantasy film, I believe. And it's still a good story, no matter how you tell it. Mm-hmm. So, sure. Uh, the the author of the book just died in 2015. Oh, 
was wondering if he'd written anything else I, I knew. Um, a lot of religious writing, which makes sense. That may be why they canceled it. Wasn't that when it was canceled? What? The movie? The I mean, he was he was probably very – he was 88 at that point, so I don't think he had too much of a say. Well, but, but he, he might have been assisting with it and then – or put giving creative input or whatever. I don't know. So, anyway. Okay, so let's get to our question. Well, I guess oh, yeah. – and did I answer? I didn't answer. Um, I don't think that it should be remade. Um, there's maybe something in the world – you know, with the same kind of kind of story, but um, there are a lot of tropes in this that have, as Jimmy said, have been done over and over again. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it would. It's not going to stand out from other movies that are similar to that. So, well, it's good. I do think that it it would need something to make it stand out in a you know very busy movie mm-hmm. release era. We assume there'll be a busy oh, movie release era. It's not busy right now. Yeah. Okay. So our question this week, Rob had mentioned to me, and this is going to be a different type of question, I think, right? It's so Rob, be a, it, there was, it was really hard to research this too. So it, please, if you guys come up with anything after we talk about the question, send it in. Cause we'd, we'd love to hear what you can come up with. Yeah. Cause this was really hard to research. Lots. There's so, a lot of ways you could go with this. So we're going to just kind of talk about some that came to mind for us. So my idea for the question was based upon how they explained dragon flight in flight of dragons. I thought, Oh, that's a really creative explanation for, for something that, you know, it is very often just glossed over and accepted. And my question was, what are some of the most innovative ex- explanations for how things work in movies? So, yeah, it's the the how and why. So, like, you know, we all know, like, dragons make fire, but some movies actually have gone and explained that. Uh, and we tried to stay away from stuff like, you know, how does Iron Man power up? Well, he's got this magical thing in his chest that's got power. But there's no still there's no explanation for that. So this is a scientifically based or loosely scientifically based example as to how things work or why something happens. So that's where we went with this. So I think what we should do is just kind of, we're not, we kind of made our individual list, but because it was very difficult to like research it, we had to really pull stuff out of our brains. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had a long discussion about, it. I think we should actually just kind of bring them up and see what we think. And then hopefully I mean, some of our listeners will donate some. <laughs> I think so I know the, what I I think I know what our number one should be, but I'll save that for later. So obviously, one of them will be the the dragon one from this movie. Yeah, the explanation of flight. So filling up with gas, how these very large animals can float and fly with very small wings. So that was one. Um, right. Sticking with dragons, Jimmy, you came up with one in the chat that was I thought was really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from the uh, really underrated film. Uh, Reign of Fire with Christian Bale and Matthew McConaughey. Mm-hmm. I've got to say that the uh, explanation for how the dragons produced fire, uh, the combination of foams um, mm-hmm. inside of their bodies, uh, that was one that really just kind of stood out to me as, mm-hmm. holy shit, I hadn't, I, you just, 
okay, dragons breathe fire. Mm-hmm. But why? And then what can you do about it? Was a very uh, good explanation for that. And piggybacking onto that, they also they also had an explanation for dragon fire in Flight of Dragons. Yep. When when they expel the the gas that they've inflated their bellies with, they have a like an igniter at the roof of their mouth that they can touch and ignite, and it'll set the gas that they're expelling on fire. Now, why they actually have to set the gas on fire, I'm not 100 percent sure, but it looks badass. That's true. But also the badass. cool thing about that was if a dragon's mid-flight and they're just shooting out a fire, they're expelling the gas that's keeping them afloat as well. So it kind of they're not invincible. You know, they can't breathe trade off forever. Yeah, exactly. And I thought that was uh, uh, clever and fair. Mm hmm. I would like to see dragons flying around like a balloon that you like untie. <laughs> you can't really fly. It's kind of floating. Yeah. The big old fat bellies. So an, another one that, I'll, that the first one that immediately sprung to mind for me was actually like, well, why are monsters scaring children in their closets? Of course, Monsters Incorporated showed that they do that because they were trying to gather the fear power to power their world, which I thought was just a really clever way of explaining why something is happening, but also a great way to actually make a plot out of it. Yeah, coincidentally, the uh, story that I'm on in Night Shift, which is a collection of short stories by Stephen King, I am on the Boogeyman story. So a little bit of a different explanation in there. (laughs) (laughs) So so what else do you have? What else Um, do we have? Go ahead, Rob. I've got another one where... um, and it was actually it was actually an explanation for something that really made an entire genre seem feasible as opposed to mere science fiction. And that's the explanation for zombies in 28 Days Later. It really made the whole zombie thing seem yeah. plausible. And and so it it made the zombie thing plausible and mm-hmm. spread because you go, what? Everybody's got guns. No, we'll be fine. It's like, well, mm-hmm. hang on a second. You see this and you're like, Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. And they can fucking run. And that's basically a, a mutated form of, of rabies. Right. Just basically uh, what it was something like that. Rage. Yeah. They called it, they called it the rage virus. Yeah. And they actually referenced it in Shaun of the dead, which I loved. Yeah. You got red on you. Now, would well, you? He was listening to the newscast, and the newscast said rage infected something or other. Mm. Would you consider this one just sprung into my mind actually when talking about that? Um, the reason that there are super sharks in Deep Blue Sea, the reason why they were actually creating these these super powered sharks, was because apparently sharks, and this is a I think true, ha- they don't suffer from uh, dementia or alzheimer's disease so they were using them to get a lot of this chemical to make a a medicine for that if i remember correctly um so would that be considered that that that's less of an explanation of a quote-unquote mechanic or how things work as it is a a plot point that's that's more of an explanation for why they're why they're doing something in a movie and less of an explanation of how things worked gotcha why they're ill-tempered with right. laser beams on their head. Okay. Uh, they didn't have laser G- beams. They did not. Uh, Jimmy, there is a big one that I've left for you. 
because it was one of your favorite movies, actually two of well, your favorite movies. Um, yeah, definitely the explanation of travel in uh, Event Horizon. The faster than light travel. Yep. It, it, we've all, we've talked about it before, but when Weir gives his explanation, you just go, "Holy shit!" Could could that work? They just figured it out by taking two points in space and folding them onto or very close to each other and then punching a hole through what's in between um, just seems, oh, shit. Okay, well, then that was one of those moments in the film where you, you're sitting there going, well, how did they get to where? Oh, okay. All right, got it. I'm good. Which I think is based, I think it's based on some of Stephen Hawking's writings. So there's some yeah. hypothesis about that. Jimmy's <laughs> like, okay. I mean, I, I tried to read Universe in a nutshell, but it's just way too heady for me. But yeah, I, yeah, sure. I mean, it had to have come from somewhere. I'm sure somebody much smarter than myself has, has thought about it. Yeah. Uh, uh, the, the other one I, I put on there was Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. which is uh, another Jimmy special. But um, that's when they explained how the dinosaurs were able to reproduce, even though they were you know, I think they said they had all females or all males so that they couldn't do that. Then if it turns out that they had actually spliced the dinosaur DNA with frog DNA and they're like, well, you know, frogs can spontaneously change sexes if there's none of the opposite sex there. And, so, and that was just as much of a, a good explanation as it was one of the biggest oh shit moments in cinema. Yeah. Because you go, oh, Oh no! <laughs> yeah, that would, that would have been a very useful one explanation. Yeah, the, in, the ability to change sex would have been very useful back in the day when I would have parties in college and like twenty dudes would show up. Just saying. And and I'll, I'll let that one slide. I I do I would view that as more of a plot point, but I would submit the other one from Jurassic Park the the actual creation of the dinosaurs, how they were able to harvest the DNA and all of that. The, from the mosquitoes trapped in amber, I still am convinced that would energy. work. Whoa, I'm still convinced that would work, but I've read multiple things that said it would not. But mm. no, I think it, it does. Should. Not. It should. It should. It should be a thing. I would like it to work. I kind of want a pet dinosaur, which means I did not get the point of the movie. No, you didn't. <laughs> no, you missed it completely. <laughs> Move on to your own fucking island and do that shit. <laughs> Just saying, when Rod, when you guys are coming to to uh, poop in my pool, Plazosaur is going to jump out and eat your ass. <laughs> so, I mean, no do, do we want another time I've gone to your house? <laughs> Jesus! Wow. Do we want to throw any others out there, or do we want to just try and work with what we got? Uh, uh, the other good. I'm going to throw one out there just because. Go for it. It. Uh, it. Yeah, I, I hadn't even really thought of it, but it, it's. <sighs> And it's it's not necessarily time travel. However, it is an uh, explanation, an exploration of uh, one's fate and um, viewing alternate realities or alternate timelines. Um, and that is from the film Donnie Darko, where okay. he um, is shown... Uh, basically what the world would look like if he survived an accident 
and he determines that his survival means uh, a lot of people's lives are going to be negatively impacted. So he chooses to uh, be in the position to die in the accident. So it's it's super heavy. It's super deep. Um, but it is a explanation of uh, the viewing of tangent universes or realities. Um, so very, very good. Couldn't leave that one out. Uh, there's a couple I, I put in there, but I think I know why they're not going to get in the final list. Just to kind of add on real quick. Uh, the this movie Lucy and the movie Limitless, basically it's their their plot point or their vehicle for making these people super powered yeah, is to is accessing the other 90% of their brain. I think other movies have done it too with a pill. Um, also complete bullshit. That we, limitless. Yeah. Well, so I said, Lucy, you're limitless. Um, that whole only use oh, 10% okay. of their brain is actually not true. It's, it's just separated out. Uh, part things you find out when you're married to a psychologist. Um, the, I'm using uh, 2% of my brain right now to rub his ears. He's trying to, he's trying to make me wet myself by telepathy. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> or, uh, the matrix, the computer is being powered by the humans. Cause, but which that's also kind of bullshit because it would, the power made by human brain would not actually power a led flashlight, much less a computer in simulation, man. And of course, uh, Superman is, his powers are derived from the fact that he grew up on a planet with a red sun, I believe. Mm-hmm. And he comes to a planet with a yellow sun and that supercharges his cells, allowing him to be superhuman here. But on his regular planet, he is a regular dude with good hair. So those, those are some of the other ones. So let's, let's break this down and do our list. What do you, what do you think should be number one, Rob? I, you- I think, I think number one is an easy slot. And I think that goes to event horizon. I think Jimmy will agree with that. One of I, one of the yeah. most one of the most um, innovative explanations for faster than light travel. I think I've I've ever heard. You're watching it. You go. Why are we doing that yet? Exactly. They just figured it out. What the fuck? Does it work? Can we do that? Yeah, number one as well. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. I I still like the frog DNA in Jurassic Park. Uh, how about this? I'll give you Jurassic Park. I would I would pick something else because I don't know that the frog DNA is exactly what I'm looking for, but I'll I'll give you Jurassic Park because of the mosquito and amber thing. What to say Jurassic Park? And what to say DNA on that? Sure. That combines both because it is the DNA from the mosquito mixed with the DNA from the frog. I think it's actually easier than we think now that it's kind of being broken down. Uh, what you got, Jimmy? Mm. And this is not necessarily in order, but we'll go faster. So we'll go ahead and do the uh, explanation of fight, fight, fight. This would, would just say dragons in general. Yes, for f- fire and flight. We're, we're combining stuff here combining because we can. It's our damn show, and you people aren't paying for flight it. Flight of dragons. So yeah, uh, those okay. rain of fire, flight of dragons. Yep. Yes. All right, into one. I would, I would watch that crossover. Hell yeah. Yeah. Reign of Dragons? <laughs> Shit, yeah. Flight of Fire? Hell yes. We just wrote, <laughs> we wrote a death metal album tonight. Yeah, we did. Uh, I'm your host, Gorbass. <laughs> <laughs> so those two, uh, I really like the Monsters one, and 
I yeah, also... we can use Monsters Inc. at four. <laughs> yeah, sure. And when do you guys get to pick five? I didn't see Donnie Darko, so I can't I can't um refute that because I don't really know anything about it. But if you think it belongs in there. Um I think uh let's see. Do both of y'all have Avatar? I, I didn't did. have Avatar. I did Avatar didn't. because yeah, they, they explain why all the stuff on the planet are significantly bigger because the gravity is lower there, so things get to grow oh. bigger. What about the zombies? Zombies. Oh, the zombie. yeah, yes. that one's it. That is yes, it. That's in. I hate to kick Donnie Darko off of there because I thought it was just such a beautiful explanation. Okay, twenty eight days mm-hmm. later. Oh, twenty eight days later, fucking phenomenal. Yeah, like really that. reinvigorated the zombie genre. Yeah, I might even put zombies at at four instead of monsters because I forgot about it. But yeah, I'd be fine with that. So either five or four, twenty eight days later, or Monsters Inc. Uh, dragons from fire and uh, from rain of fire and flight of dragons at number three, Jurassic park, the DNA frogs or whatever. And event horizon is number one, the wormhole guys. I am sure there's a million others. We even tried to look at TV. We tried to look at books was a little too crazy because everything gets explained in books. It would, it would have taken up everything. But so if you could think of anything from TV shows or movies that do this kind of explanation, please send it in. Cause we are intrigued. Yeah, and you can send that to give me five podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook by searching for Give Me Five Podcast. <laughs> no, I hit my hand on the on my airbrush station. <laughs> Greg is a flying dragon. <laughs> I, I, I did that. I hit a thing. Sure. I'm sure you did. <laughs> so, guys, send that to us. Definitely. Uh, we'd love to hear what you think. Uh, if you could, please, as well, after you do that, uh, leave us a positive review on iTunes or whatever podcast app you're listening to. Hell, you can leave a bad one if you won't. We won't delete it. Um, we can't delete we it. We can't delete it. And uh, if you'd really, really like to support the show, you can go to giveme5podcast.threadless.com. Uh, that is a good option if you are on mobile. However, you can go to GiveMe5Podcast.com and find the same store where you can buy all your very awesome Give Me 5 merchandise. And there's always new stuff being added. I'm trying to get a beach towel in there for obvious reasons. A beach towel would be awesome, as would the thongs that we've been promised. Thong, <laughs> thong, thong, thong. Yes. Great. I knew a girl that I knew a girl that was in that video. Did that you? Song video. I did. Can you tell us how we're doing this? Uh, we're recording from far off locations. Yes. For example, Rob is living in the world of magic and dragons. I am. Can I too? <laughs> I'm uh, on the way. Jimmy is living in an old folks' home. Fuck you! I'm going there. <laughs> He's like, "What the fuck?" Lights out in 13 minutes, guys. Come on. <laughs> you can trouble me for a warm glass of shut the hell up. He's got yeah. He's got an angry orderly behind him, tapping his watch and serving him a glass of warm milk. Uh, and I am in a very normal. messy office. Anyway, we do this because we are using a thing called Squadcast. Squadcast allows you to record via the internet from very very far away. 
The reason I'm talking about this, of course, is because we are affiliates of Squadcast. And if you go to our website, gippy5podcast.com, you can find our affiliate link. If you use that link, we will get a little bit of that money. Mm-hmm. That's bit. phenomenal <laughs> customer service. I reached out to them with a, a question today, and they got back to me very quickly. So kudos, Squadcast. Thank you guys so much for for keeping this uh, flying dragon afloat. Yes. Uh, so it says here that you have next week. Did you t- did you take over next week? No, I'm not a, a power hungry monster like you are. Okay, so so it's still my choice for next week. Yeah. Okay. Well, I will have to figure out what movie because I did, I saw that typed in there, and I do not I do not know what film we are going to cover, but I will figure something out. And if you guys keep an eye on whatever, maybe our Instagram or Twitter or something, I will go ahead and post that and you guys can figure out what we're going to review in a week. Thanks for listening. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. Bye. 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 Hey, make sure my dad doesn't boss you around again. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Light of dragons.